everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where the two hosts share opinions and give reviews on games we've played or movies we've watched over the week. As always, my name is Barry. My name is still Craig. And we're going to get into the most exciting segment of our podcast. And the first segment, as always, is news. All which, the news. Which for me, I've, I put a lot down, so I guess we'll see what it looks like here. Yeah. But uh, first things uh, first, things first I will, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put out that Fortnite is going out of early access. And I know this is crazy for a lot of people. The game's been out for almost three or four years now, and it's just leaving early access. Uh, the reason it, I guess, makes news is the fact that Fortnite was originally a game where it was kind of you versus zombie-type creatures, and you build forts up to protect it and then protect the fort after each wave. That was the Save the World mode that is now currently available, and a lot of people thought that that mode was going to go free. And according to Epic, it is not okay. going to go free. They are going to continue to charge for that specific um game mode which a lot of people are angry about considering that the games save the world mode is what it was originally uh meant to be that is what the game was originally meant to play as it wasn't supposed to be a battle royale before uh before they changed everything and screwed over a lot of people who pre-ordered the game yeah I honestly had no idea until I read that story earlier today or saw it online that it was still in early access. I had no idea. It's funny how many games, especially in Steam, can just stay in early access for years upon years upon years. And then it doesn't really matter. Like early access almost now doesn't mean that the game is necessarily broken. It just means that they haven't, I don't know, I guess really, and I don't even know what to call it as. They're just keeping it in early access to make people be like oh you can be an early adopter of this game when you know 10 million people have already played it so it doesn't really seem like like in the long run of things does this really mean anything though like does it change anything with Fortnite? not really uh it and that's why people are kind of upset is because people thought that that save the world mode was going to become free to play because one not a lot of people are playing Fortnite for that reason Mm -hmm. and to the Fortnite team has already made gajillions of dollars <laughs> right off of off of this franchise and making the save the world mode free isn't something that would hurt them at all really in any reason but they came out and said that it was not going to go free to play and that it's going to continue to stay a premium mode interesting is what they, is what they specified it as so kind of sucks for the community and you know people who want to maybe not play battle royale all over the gosh darn time but <laughs> yeah i mean it's there it's still going strong for them what four years later so more power to them you would think though the amount of money they've made that they they could definitely make this other mode free i've actually never played the other mode because i was never a huge battle royale for fortnite like their battle royale i was not a fan so i didn't even yeah. bother trying the other one i wasn't going to put money into it but they've made billions of dollars they can afford to make that mode free i would think yeah uh you can go ahead and do the next story then all right uh so another i guess going i guess not really going back into but amazon's crucible which is their game that they were putting out um just went from being released 
to going back into beta because it did so poorly. Uh, <laughs> I can't help but laugh. It's kind of unheard of for a game to come out and then go back into beta. Um, it's not really changing anything for people who have played it. They did come out and say that, like, hey, if you've played this game, you're still going to be able to play it. It's just going to go back into a beta test mode. If you haven't played it, then you'll have to sign up to get into the beta. But I honestly... Oh, it's like an exclusive club. <laughs> yeah. I think I heard about this game once, maybe. I don't think I ever saw any advertisement for it. Um, I just heard it mentioned one time. I don't really know much about it other than I heard that you know, it doesn't it hasn't gone well and that the people have played it really didn't like it. So I guess that makes sense for them to kind of go back to the drawing board on it. But it's just kind of funny that, you know, this is Amazon's first big attempt at getting a game out there and it's just not going over well for them at all. Yeah, one of the things and I I did watch gameplay for this game. It looked fine. The main thing that you know, all of these games are going for is these unique heroes with mm -hmm. abilities that have never been used in games. And the one streamer I was watching that did or was showing Crucible off, it really just looked like a a mix between League of Legends and I guess Overwatch is what I'm going to call it. You yeah. know, you had heroes with different abilities. Those heroes were meant to go out, and, you know, kill computer based enemies or capture these certain objectives and the other team's goal was the same thing. You're both fighting over, you know, leveling up your character and making your gear better by defeating the computer-based, but then you get into the more PvP-type stuff when you're both going after a capture the, you know, King of the Hill-type mm -hmm. mode. There's so many of these games out there now, and I don't remember how long ago it was that PUBG came out. I guess it was about four years ago now. Um, but I think we've hit the point where we need whatever the next big thing is for multiplayer style games to come out because i'm starting to get a little burned out um you know you have your a million types of battle royales and you have a million types of you know your overwatch style game or you know tons of mobas out there it just seems like it's just there's no room for these games when they release them so yeah. it's not a surprise it's not doing well but, uh next on oh go ahead you no you're good okay Next on the list is it was PlayStation Plus's 10th anniversary uh, coming up here, and they decided to give out, and I think it's just a bigger deal, one, because PlayStation Plus, especially as the PlayStation guy of the podcast, mm -hmm. is um, it's always been a good deal, and their, and their online service has always been pretty good, but they're giving away the latest NBA 2020, which they seem to be doing quite yearly now. Yeah. When uh, with it, they're also giving the uh, giving away Rise of the Tomb Raider. That's pretty cool for uh, for free. And then I believe also this coming weekend is going to be a kind of free to play online area where if you don't have the subscription service, you can go ahead and play online without having a subscription service. It's kind of just opening, I guess, the gated community and letting in the masses. <laughs> yeah, those are two good games to give away. Um 2K20 is a good game. I've played a ton of it on Xbox. They have it on Game Pass as well, but that's not free. You have to pay for that. So it's pretty cool they're giving that away. And Rise of the Tomb Raider, I really, really liked. So two solid games for nothing is awesome. Yeah. Um, also, to, uh, we got the announcement that there was another Crash Bandicoot game coming out. Crash 4. Um, it's about time, I believe is what it's called. Yes, uh, correct. <laughs> And we had a little bit of controversy around it that over the past couple of days, uh, Microsoft 
had listed it on their store as having microtransactions. And it kind of caused a big uproar because of, I don't know if you remember the fiasco with microtransactions and Crash Team Racing. Um, when that game first came out, they didn't have microtransactions in it. They added it later after it had already been reviewed and had been out for a little bit so that it couldn't get knocked for having microtransactions. And then they dumped it in later. So when uh, the Microsoft store listed this as having microtransactions, it kind of caught wind. And a lot of people were upset that they were going to be adding more microtransactions into a just strictly single player experience here. Um, But they did come out today actually and say that, no, there is no microtransactions. The ones that were listed were just, uh, I think it was either pre-order bonuses or, you know, just some free DLC that they were going to give away at launch. So we have to kind of wait and see if that's correct or if, you know, they got caught and they're changing their tune a little bit here. But uh, definitely interesting. Activision's known for doing this and kind of trying to sneak it in there on you. So hopefully they don't put a bunch of microtransactions in there. I'm personally excited for this game because I love Crash Bandicoot. So I would hate to see something like that thrown in there. Yeah, uh, one thing I will say, and I do have this story on uh, on my news thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they were coded as totally tubular skins, which I can't <laughs> believe I just said on the podcast. Totally tubular. And they were going to be available in the digital version of the game, which... Okay. That kind of irks me the wrong way a little bit, because as, as both of people of us who collect physical games, it doesn't... I kind of hate the fact that these people are like, oh, here's all this exclusive digital stuff that, you know, you that you don't get if you are if are, if you're someone who collects hard copies of games, which is, I think, both of us. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. we yeah, both prefer both physical. So it does kind of leave us out to dry a little bit. Yeah, if I want totally tubular skins, <laughs> which we I all need, do, you know, <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want totally tubular skins? Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it starts out as only going out for the digital version of the game, mm-hmm. and then later it becomes something like microtransaction or right. something, you know, where they give it out also with a pre-order of their game at, you know, your local GameStop, Walmart, Best Buy, any of them. Right. And it's we're in the year 2020. We shouldn't be seeing microtransactions in single-player games, in my opinion. And like, like RPGs, maybe, but like a platformer, we don't need that at all keep it strictly to the multiplayer games and we'll be fine yeah uh next up for me is the summer summer steam sale gosh the triple s there yes um it officially started sometime last week but it's still been going around till july 9th so make sure if you're a computer gamer you go and take a look at that daily because some of the games you can get on here are just for dirt cheap or kind of nuts uh, I was looking through it, and some of the things I realized for me, whereas the Ace Attorney trilogy series is like for twenty bucks, and that's for three games. And if you like mystery type games and trying to like solve analytical type things and trying to call people out on their lies, you know, objection. This is an objectively, I th- the this this is an objectively good trilogy. Yeah. We also one of my one of my favorite strategy games total war 2 warhammer is instead of 60 bucks 20 bucks and so that's a pretty good steal for a summer steam sale 
Another game is Astro Near, which if you haven't played it, you know, you play, you get put on a world where it's like you and your friends. This game is something you could definitely play with your friends. You collect materials, build. Just trying to think of what the word is there. <laughs> you you build machines to make, you know, harvesting easier or, you know, traveling to other planets is something you could do as well. And then on top of that, too, I saw that all of the Bioshock titles are all in the single digits. Wow. So Bioshock Infinite is like eight bucks. And if you haven't played that, you really should. I could buy and it for my played... third time, fourth, fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe Bioshock two and one are both like six and four dollars. Okay. So I did so far I've been pretty good. I've only bought one game on the Steam Summer Sale and I have it in my games I played this week, so I'll leave it till then. But okay. there's been a ton of uh games on there and I keep looking and I'm trying really hard. I'm doing pretty good having only bought one. I don't need more games right now, so Steam needs to go away. <laughs> Stop tempting me with your cheap games that I'll never play. Yeah, one thing I will mention too that off the top of my head, we did talk about Resident Evil 3 recently on the podcast. Yeah. On Steam, it is available for $40. Oh, it's which not bad. that game's been trying this game's been like keeping its uh, $60 price tag quite normally. It's not something that's been falling down in price. Right. So it if you play on computer, Resident Evil 3 might now might be a good time to get it. Yeah, 40 seems good to the holidays. 30 or 40 is like the sweet spot on that. So I would definitely I, if I hadn't have already played through it, I'd be interested for 40. Yeah, it's not terrible. Um, we also got a look a little bit of a deeper look this week at uh, Fuser. Have you seen any of that yet? Yeah, uh, it's okay. the uh, I want to be a DJ game. Yeah. So I had heard a little bit of, a couple months ago, I think now is when they first announced it, and it is supposed to come out this fall, so it's coming up. And I had seen like some screenshots and that, and just looking at the screenshots, it's a little confusing as to what actually is going on in this game. It is a rhythm-based game, and it is from Harmonic, so you know you can take from that what you will. I know you and I are big fans of rhythm games and harmonics in general, so I was automatically excited when I heard that Harmonix was making another music game. Um, this one I'm I can't decide yet and I think I won't know until I actually play it. Uh, I don't think from what I can tell there's any type of plastic instrument though. I think you're just using a controller. And I I could be wrong, but from everything I've seen it definitely looks like it's just controller based, which is probably better in the long run cuz it's, you know, then we don't have more plastic instruments everywhere in everybody's houses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh from from what I can tell basic concept is you have four uh four plates in front of you and you when you go to any specific uh dj set which are, are the levels there they have specific um songs that they want you to use i think it's usually two or three songs and then you can bring up to i think eight more i think i think sure. maybe eight total eight um, yeah, yeah. And you're basically just kind of mixing these songs on the fly. You can take like just the vocals. You can take uh, lead rhythm. You can take the drums and just kind of mix in and matching songs. And these are all, you know, pretty high profile songs. They're songs that everybody's going to know. And it kind of is kind of taking the DJ experience, a little bit of what they did with DJ Hero and making it easier for people to, I guess, mix these songs and have it sound good. From what I was reading and a little bit of the 
the videos that I saw, it is still possible to fail, but I don't think it's very easy to fail. Like they match the tempo for you when you're switching between songs. Um, I think when you get like your five star ratings is when you're switching songs out on the right beats and on the right notes, like right when a song is about to end and you start another one. It definitely seems interesting to me. And I mean, it's a it's a rhythm based music game. So, you know, that I'm going to be in probably day one anyway. But uh, it's just so different from what they've done. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this game, I guess, is the right way to put it. Yeah, with with from what I've seen from Fuser, it's Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I'm going to be in day one. I love rhythm games, but this game. When I saw the gameplay of it uh, on YouTube and saw two people like trying to play the game, mm-hmm. it just it didn't seem like something where uh, it didn't seem like it was something where it was fun. Okay, I guess the two people just looked like they were putting in music. I didn't see like a score based system, so you really couldn't tell how where you were doing. Yeah. The game will tell you when you take out a song on the right beat or the you do. Um, like a bass drop and then switch the entire music. It'll let you know when you're doing well there. But it until I see more of like a, I guess a bar or a score letting you know how you're doing, yeah. it kind of seems hard to, I guess, score someone based on how they're DJing. Right. If it's not, you know, hit certain colors and strum or move the shifter. Yeah. At a, at a certain time, it's, I'm interested to see how this game reviews because I mm-hmm. think it's going to be a hot topic. But as far as I can tell, you were right. You go to venues, you pick eight songs in total for your quote unquote crate. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's a, a term that actual DJs use or not. <laughs> right. But they're a think, decent amount. It kind of seems like they were saying that some of the levels, you know, the challenges are going to be like, oh, we want to hear 90s music or, hey, put some country music in there, or just kind of like generic use this style and then pick whatever songs you want. But also I think I agree with you there. Like I'm going to need some sort of score in the, in the corner of the screen or else it's not going to be fun for me. Yeah. You're not going to know if you're doing well or not. Right. If right. without that, it's definitely interesting. And I'm glad that we're trying music rhythm games again, because I've been missing them. I mean, I still play rock band, but I'm just missing something new. So I do want to try it. It, I mean, if it's just a game, it's only a $60 entry point, so that's not terrible. It's not like before where you're dropping $200 on a band kit. So it won't be as big of a hit, I guess, if it's not good. Yeah. Um, Next up for me, and this was today as well. We're recording on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Damian Lillard was announced as the NBA 2K21 cover athlete. Yep. And his whole thing with, like, it's Dame time and (laughs) – If if you watch it and you don't have to be into NBA to kind of get the commercial, but his like whole Dame Time play thing is really funny. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And for for Damian Lillard, and this is getting in more more into sports. Who I think Damian Lillard is a great player, but is kind of forced to have to play on the uh, Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like he's never going to win a championship on there. So at least he gets to be a cover athlete, but that's, that's just my opinion. Yeah. And this is the first, uh, cover of three that they're announcing. So they did say that he's the cover athlete for current gen consoles. So I'm assuming that means we're going to have a next gen console cover athlete, and then probably like a special edition one like they did last year. Yeah. Um, 
So that's cool. I'm excited to see who the other two are. But good, I am, you know, good for him. He deserves it. He doesn't get a whole lot of media attention being all the way up in Portland. Um, so it's cool that he gets to be on the cover there. Yeah, I guess if I had to pick somebody, if they're going for like a different athlete for next gen, it would make sense that it's Zeon. Yeah. Uh, because he's kind of the next generation of basketball player for the next gen console. And they did use him in that that reveal trailer on the PS5. So that could be very well be true. I would probably put money down on he would be on the cover. Yeah, it's either that or they're going to make some whatever ends up happening with the NBA draft, whenever that does happen. uh, It would be interesting to see if, you know, they use a brand new athlete or something like that. I just think for next gen, they're going to use a much younger athlete, I guess. Yeah, we. I think we all know what they should do for the collector's edition. They should just put a picture of empty stands on the cover, and yeah. you know that just to represent all of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, NBA COVID edition. <laughs> yeah, or the ability at least give me the ability in the game to have no fans, because that would be hilarious. <laughs> Let me play in Disney with no fans. That's all I want. <laughs> um. So the last bit of news that I have is the one that you're gonna want to. I guess buckle in for it because it's a little bit of a wild ride. It's the uh, news around uh, Dr. Disrespect and that whole controversy going on. So as of today, which is Tuesday, we still don't have a resolution. But just to give you a brief overview of what happened, um, if you don't know who Dr. Disrespect is, he's one of the um, he's on Twitch, but he's one of the I think highest followed on Twitch. I don't know if he's the top. I think that would probably not be him, but he's definitely in the top 10. Um, just last week, late last week, he did get banned out of nowhere. Um, from what we've heard, it is a permanent ban and he has been banned before he got banned for live streaming at E3 and walking into a men's bathroom while he was live streaming. So not the greatest decision on his part, but I think that ban was only for a couple of days and then he was back this one. Um, Twitch hasn't said anything which is weird. They usually come out and say something. They did release a kind of generic statement that about like violating terms and conditions, but that was about it. A couple days later, Dr. Disrespect himself did tweet out that he's been talking to Twitch and they have not told him uh, exactly why he has been banned. And obviously when you're going days and days with somebody this high profile and no answers, people are going to start making up theories as to what's happening um so there's been some wild ones out there he has in the corner of one of his streams he had wait for the 29th so everybody was saying oh june 29th is going to be the day he announces which was yesterday and he didn't so that theory is now dead um there are some theories floating around that he had just signed a multi-year deal with twitch and this was him violating his contract because he was grabbing uh, Ninja who had just, you know, finished up his mixer deal and also shroud from mixer and going to a completely new streaming platform that would be sponsored by Spotify. Um, that, that theory is still floating out there. There were some people spreading information that he had been arrested. Um, there's just a lot of wild stuff going on right now. And I can't think of any, any time where somebody has been banned like this and no information was given as to why especially somebody who brings in this much money for Twitch. So for the amount of money and and views he brings in, it's not something that they're just going to 
ban him just just to do it. You know, they had to have a very solid, serious reason for kicking him off their platform like this. But to not say anything is just crazy to me um, to miss out on that revenue and just act like they don't owe anybody an explanation. And some people, you know, actually probably a lot of people who don't know who he is don't care. And, you know, this is just kind of a whatever story. He's one of the people that I did watch on Twitch just for entertainment value, I guess. So to me, it's just it's just a wild story. And I don't know that we ever get the answers at this point. It's been, you know, coming up almost on a week now. And we may never hear the actual reason what it was. I mean, I think with everything going on right now, everybody immediately kind of jumped to some sort of sexual abuse or assault. um, And we just don't know. So I have, you know, in my room here, I have a little, it's not a Funko Pop, but it's like that style of him on my shelf. So I've just been kind of like staring at it all week being like, do I need to take it down and throw it away because he's a horrible human being or what are we doing here? So that's, it's wild. If this yeah, is 2020, I, this is what it's come to, I guess. Yeah, I was watching a video uh, on YouTube kind of about his whole situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day before he got banned, he was saying something right before the end of his stream that said, yep. hey, we're going to get through this or something like that. I don't know the context. Yeah, he, he randomly, like for those who don't know, he, he plays mostly Battle Royales. He comes from a Call of Duty background. He actually worked on some of the Call of Duty games. So he plays a lot of the Call of Duty Battle Royale. He plays Warzone. But that day, he went from streaming Warzone to just... He was started watching a, a Roblox video out of nowhere. And that's when he was talking about just randomly about, hey, we're going to get through this. And it was just, just weird. But if you watch him and you know him, he's all about theatrics. So, you know, part of me thinks this could just be some big publicity stunt as well. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an odd situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, with him, you know he he's one of the he's one of the higher paid people on mm-hmm. on Twitch, and he's getting millions of dollars from that deal that he signed. So I don't see him leaving. One thing I did want to mention is on Twitter there is a startup streaming service called Brine, right? And I think they're the winners in all this. <laughs> they are. So the moment <laughs> all of this stuff came out, the Twitter for Brine went ahead and followed dr disrespect ninja and shroud yep. so the theory was that all three of these guys were going to move to this startup brine service which doesn't make any sense <laughs> at least financially no for yeah. any of them. but i thought it was hilarious because after that everybody was like oh they're going to be moving to brine that's what all this is about and i think that twitter like gave like eighty thousand followers <laughs> in a day yeah so uh, good job on that startup or yeah, whoever's running genius that publicity move. account yeah, that, yeah. that was a, a dumb, high, a dumb high IQ move. It just it something this crazy just fits in this year. I think you know, just like crazy over the top, no idea. You couldn't guess the things that have happened this year, and this is just another one. It's just weird. So hopefully we find out soon. I'd like to at least know something. Do I do I need to throw my Funko Pop out or not? That's all I really care about. <laughs> So just a couple other smaller things from my side of the news. Uh, Last of Us 2 breaks records, fastest selling PlayStation exclusive for now. Mm-hmm. I say for now because something else will break it at some point. Yep. Because uh, every time PlayStation releases an, another exclusive, it seems to break the previous record. I don't think Ghost of Tsushima will beat it personally. I don't think there's that much 
hype into right. Ghost of Tsushima as there was The Last of Us. But nevertheless, it's there. Uh, Warzone is getting a 200-player mode because, God forbid... You know, <laughs> 100 wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, 100 not enough. We need 200, which that map is big enough to accommodate, Yeah, I think, that many people because when we, when we would play Warzone, we would end up just kind of running around without seeing anybody for a while. Yeah, it may actually fix that problem. You know, it may make it more fun now if you're, you know, getting into a lot more fights. Yeah, and then just another small thing is Xbox thinks they have the advantage with the console race. And a interview uh, with Major Nelson and some of the Xbox guys, after this happened after the PlayStation reveal, and they were saying how confident they feel that, you know, in their system they have the they didn't say outright that they have the better but they made the comments of oh you know we're we're very happy with what we with what we saw from playstation because we believe our console is you know the stronger competitor i guess out of the two which makes sense xbox doesn't want to go ahead and look like oh my god playstation totally blew us out of the water (laughs) but uh We'll be interested to see if Xbox learned its lesson from last generation where games sell the console. Mm-hmm. And the rumor is right now is that they're waiting till the next preview here in July uh, that they're going to announce that, you know, somebody's been working on a new Fable game and somebody's been working on a Perfect Dark. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, or the sequel to the next Perfect Dark game. And... For me, I don't really have any affinities for either of those games. You know, there's Halo, which was the thing that I guess I played the most on Xbox. But Xbox Xbox has got to come out and show that, you know, hey, here are exclusives. Here are the here's the things you want to play that you can't play anywhere else. And, And until Xbox learns that, I think they don't know. I don't think they have the strongest grip on the next gen console war, so to say. Yeah, and they did drop a uh, teaser for Halo not too long ago, so they're starting to, I guess, ramp up people's interest in Halo to get prepared for this July announcement or whatever. Um, Fable could be big. I just I don't think it has the pull that it once did. And Perfect Dark could be cool, but again, I, I don't know if that's enough. That I still think it's all going to come down to if the Halo if them releasing showing us halo hits or not honestly it's gonna have to be something pretty impressive i think yeah i mean, I, I imagine like if halo doesn't look good for whatever reason like people will be outraged <laughs> at the fact that you know at, and from everything i've seen on our twitter at high sense or at high underscore sensitivity in case you guys need to follow it <laughs> From everybody I've been like reading their replies to, everybody's kind of dependent on them announcing some sort of exclusive, whether it's Fable or I don't see many people like saying, oh, if they announce Perfect Dark, I'm getting the getting the console. I see a lot more of that for Fable. Okay, but it I, I, I don't know, really, because Xbox really did disappoint us with that first of you know huge gameplay reveal quote unquote for all of those games and almost none of it was gameplay and the only thing i remember from that was scorn and scorn looked like crap (laughs) yeah yeah i mean we have to wait for this this big one this is supposed to be their big one in july so if they can't hit on this one then there's going to be some issues i think 
Because, yeah. I mean, the third-party games, I think, like we said before, Resident Evil from the PlayStation event was the one that I was most excited about. So the third-party games right now are what are getting me excited, and I can get that on either one. So there's got to be that reason for people to buy the Xbox, and it's got to be more than just Halo. It has yeah. to be. So no matter how good Halo may look, you got to have at least one or two more. Mm-hmm. So now we just wait. Yeah. And with that, we are now going to go to the games played section. Okay. Uh, and then after that, the movies watched. So mm-hmm. get the we'll... big one out of the way here first on games. Yes. So games <laughs> played. Um, I am afraid to have saddened you all, but I did beat <laughs> Last of Us 2 yep. yesterday around 7 p.m. Uh, I had been tweeting my progress throughout the entire thing. And I did, you know, and I texted Craig as well that I beat the game around 7. Yep. Uh, overall impressions the the game is great i think it's wonderful it's is it deserving of all the tens that i see i i don't think so i do have my minor gripes with the game and be prepared because we will be releasing the spoiler cast and the special mm-hmm. for the last of us 2 on friday yep. uh, after finishing the game I had to start going through and seeing what other reviewers had said because I wanted to see what everybody's problems was. And I I guess my my view from reading everything is that I just – I kind of disagree with a lot of what other reviewers had to say. And for me, I guess if I were to rate the game on a point scale basis, it's probably like a 9, 9.5 that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Just because the gripes I did have do bring that down a little bit, but if you're a play if you're a PlayStation fan, you're buying this game. I did mention that last week. Only after I was two hours, my opinion has not changed. Okay, the game is a buy for me. The story that this game tells, some of the fight sequences are some of the best I have seen out of a game, and. Uh, I was playing this game and I'll mention on Saturday and Sunday, I put, I played this game for nine hours straight. (laughs) And for me, the stress of this game is fun. This game isn't supposed to be something that's handing you out materials all the time. So you never are running out of ammo or running out of supplies. This game wants you to be low on supplies, no matter what you do. And the fact that I was, I was enjoying that quite a lot um, throughout my entire playthrough was this just goes to show how any getting getting me to play any game for nine hours straight is asking a lot of any gamer or you know anybody in general to do something for nine hours straight and the last of us two changes its story up in a way that makes it enjoyable for was and it was enjoyable for me for all nine hours yeah um i'm gonna save most of it for when we do the spoiler cast you know in a couple days here um and also we have we'll have our very first guest which is going to be cool but um so yeah um so i think when when i first started the game i did say that barring something you know tragic happening at the end of the game i thought this was going to be in my top 10 games of all time for me and now that i'm done with it i think it still stays there um I got, you know, in the middle of the game, I wasn't so sure because there's some stuff that happens there that I wasn't a huge fan of, but the way it all kind of wraps up in the end there brought me back in. And I just think the, you know, the atmosphere of this game is 
outstanding. It looks fantastic. The gameplay is, you know, ridiculously good. Um, the stress, like you said, is fantastic. You're never comfortable in this game. And for some people that could be a turnoff, but you're just, you know, you may clear out an area and think you're good, but you're not, you know, you could walk a couple steps and go right into another, some sort of fight there. But for me, it's going to be a 10, um, definite buy. The only thing that's tough for me when looking back now, we still have a couple of games left to come out as far as exclusives for the PlayStation. I think my my top two for sure for this generation are Uncharted 4 and, and Last of Us 2. I think The Last of Us 2 is going to be a little bit ahead of it. Um, but overall, you're talking about a ton of good games that came out on the PlayStation 4 this this you know generation. And a couple of them for me are probably going to end up in my top 10 of all time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, for me in this generation for PlayStation, it was Persona 5 and then the Persona 5 Royal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my top one and two. I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, but is it top but, 10 all time for you? Persona, yes. The Persona okay. 5, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I'm going to group them together because they are practically, and if I were to say anything, Persona 5 Royal is that next step up uh, okay. in it. But yeah, Persona 5 Royal and all the hours I dumped into that and every all of the emotions of a roller coaster that that game took me through. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I can I can firmly say it's top five. <laughs> and also, you know, at, for all the other games that are left to come out this year, you know, current gen and, and next gen when they come out, they're going to have to do some work if they want to take out the top spot, because I think. As of right now, The Last of Us 2 for me for the year is going to sit pretty firm at number one. Um, and obviously that's going to be different for you uh, if you count Persona 5 Royal or not, I guess, is the big question. I, I won't count it on my list. I've already decided okay. that. All right. So there's gonna, you know, there's a bunch of big games left to come out, so we'll see. But it's looking pretty, pretty solid number one for me for the year for sure. And for me, that was actually all I played this week. I, you know, I played I played Apex, but okay. uh, you know, I told you guys I was going to get the game done, and <laughs> I did everything I could to do so. Yes, and that was the, at the cost of doing anything else. I didn't if, even see sun for two days. <laughs> Let it be known that when it comes down to it. Barry is so stubborn with having to spend $60 that he will spend 18 hours in his house in between two days finishing a game. You know, it, it was a challenge and I rose to the occasion. You, you did. I, I hope that I can get to, we can get to give away a copy of this game mm-hmm. for free. You know, I want to do that, but it's just a matter of, I didn't want it to be because I lost a bet with myself. <laughs> Yeah, it was impressive that you got it done for sure. Um, Yeah, you just you mentioned Apex. I have that on my list here because you dragged me back in, unfortunately, Um, having been away. Unfortunately, (laughs) I've been away from Apex for so long. And, you know, right before Last of Us came out, I was I was at my limit with Warzone. I just played too much of it. So once I finished The Last of Us, I do have like four other games that I played this week. But I just needed something, you know, to not, I guess, not think too much about. And Apex was just kind of there being like, hey, reinstall me. You remember me. And, you know, all it took was downloading it and hopping in. And the first game I played, I didn't win, but I was the kill leader. And it just 
you know, everything that I had forgotten about Apex and told myself I wasn't going to go back to it. It all just came back in and and here we are playing it again every night. So yeah, the it. first game we played together, we won. Like, yeah, that that yeah. just goes to show how how Apex grinds you back. Yeah, and you know, as we speak, my Call of Duty is doing its forty gig update again because that's just how it goes every time it updates. And I'll probably check out the two hundred person war zone. But as of right now, going back into Apex and you know the you're facing sixty people instead of a hundred. The games are a little bit quicker. You get into more firefights. You move around quicker. Um, as far as I can tell, going between Warzone and Apex, the guns handle, I think, a little bit better in Apex than they do in Warzone. Now, from before, when I was going from Black Ops 4, their Warzone, to Apex, the time to kill on um, uh, Black Ops 4 was lower. So that's kind of where I was like, oh, I can't play Apex. It takes too long to kill people. But now between Warzone and this one, Warzone is actually a longer time to kill. So going back to Apex, I'm just like, man, I'm killing people so easy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's all kind of been a perfect storm to drag me back in. And now I'm stuck and I hate it. <laughs> but we'll see. It's It's been a nice distraction. Um, so you didn't play anything else. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me run down what I played then. So the game I bought on Steam sale was House Flipper. And that game is just a wonderful good time as well. For those who don't know, the basic premise is you're literally fixing things in houses. You're buying houses and uh, renovating them and reselling them for money. It's a very basic premise. Graphics aren't going to blow you away. They're kind of mid-tier graphics, which is fine. It's a first-person view, so you're basically going in and like picking up trash, sweeping and mopping, um, buying appliances, painting, all that kind of stuff. And... It's all just super relaxing and super satisfying, um, you know, like putting in a sink and you have to like screw in everything and, and do all of that. And it's very detailed and I've just been having a ton of fun with it. It's another game where you can just kind of, especially if you had like a long day, just kind of chill and paint some walls for an hour and just feel pretty good about yourself and then resell the house for money. So I think it's $15 right now on Steam sale. I, I think it's still on sale. But uh, definitely check that one out. It's a good time. For me, if you ever played The Sims, my favorite part about The Sims was building the houses, and I never wanted to actually play the game. So I would spend hours and hours building the house and then never touch the game. So this is hitting that mark for me because I don't actually have to play with Sims. <laughs> you don't have to simulate life. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I just want to do the houses. Um, and then also there was you know a couple games that dropped on Game Pass that I checked out. One was The Messenger, um, which is a... It's like a 16-bit, kind of looks like a Sega Genesis-style game, kind of like a Ninja Gaiden. Um, been having a lot of fun with that one. Played a couple hours so far. From what I've been told, there's a point in the game where when you first start out as a very basic side-scroller, you're a ninja, um, you have your attack button, you, you jump. If you hit a enemy in the air or if you hit one of their projectiles in the air, it gives you another jump in the air, so it kind of adds a layer of strategy into like jumping around the screen but i've been told that at a certain point the style of the game completely switches up and i haven't gotten to that point yet so i don't want to give it a a firm like buy or pass or whatever until i see that side of it but i've been having a ton of fun with that so far An another mindless game and that's really what you want after you spend 30 hours in the last of us so 
between that and apex and house flipper it's been it's been pretty cool just to kind of not think um and then also observation dropped on game pass as well haven't played too much of this but it's uh it's different you it's a like kind of like a survival i wouldn't say horror but a survival style game but instead of being the it's an astronaut in space instead of being the astronaut you're actually playing as the ai in the space station so um the astronaut's actually talking to you and you're like switching cameras and like hacking into things and doing all kinds of stuff and the way that it's laid out is very very cool um i would definitely tell everybody that this is a definite checkout it's just something that you don't see and i'm all about original style games and it's on game pass so you can't go wrong there um if you're, if you're looking for something a little bit different it's very hard to explain but you know it'll be like hey something's on fire can you go to this this room and scan in and tell me what's on fire and then can you you know activate the extinguishing system and all that kind of stuff and it's, it's pretty cool um and then the last thing that i just started playing today was the one that everybody's been waiting for which is spongebob um yeah. <laughs> hot yeah. hot topic game possible I've possible game of the year <laughs> um i never played the original did you on gamecube no, okay nope. so i have no affinity to the original game i've probably watched maybe two or three episodes of spongebob in my life so this is not my demographic style game but i can tell that a lot of work went into this to remaster it it looks very good um and it's a basic 3d platformer in you know the spongebob area so there's probably a lot of stuff that doesn't hit for me because i don't watch the show but it's a very competent 3d platformer and i don't honestly have anything bad to say about it i've been having a ton of fun with it i played it for like two hours today and time went by really fast and i don't think you can ask for more than that in a game like this so if it's a game you played when you were a kid absolutely pick it up if you haven't played it and you don't care about spongebob it may not be for you but if you're just looking for a 3D platformer, I love me some 3D platformers. I love Crash Bandicoot. I love Spyro. And this is right up there with it. So it's a definite. I don't know if it's a buy. I guess if you like SpongeBob and you play the original, it's a buy. If you haven't, I can't say rent because there's no red boxes. They don't do game anymore. Maybe when it's like 30 bucks, 20 bucks. I don't know what it's at right now price wise, but this is a good 20 or $30 game for me for sure. Yeah, the one thing about this game is that it is a collectathon type of game, which yeah. is reminiscent to like the old Jack, Jack and Jack and Dexter's. Right. And I guess my problem always with that game is if I'm just collecting, it's not a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. The same thing. So it's definitely playing on the nostalgia. Yeah. I do know that they got a lot of the original voice actors. For Everybody but Mr. Krabs. Yes. Yeah. In fact. So it's it's kind of nice to see a game like this that was kind of a niche. And I know it was very horribly reviewed for the, <laughs> uh, for the first one to mm -hmm. see for whatever reason, you know, the developer decided to, you know, in all purposes, rehydrate the game. <laughs> I and see it, it, yeah. And it makes, it makes it a lot of fun. I, I've been watching a lot of Twitch streamers play it and, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of jokes. The game can still be buggy at times of the, like the original. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a fun game, and you're absolutely right. If this game toward the holiday season becomes twenty bucks, I I might even throw my money at it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I there's it is a collectathon because you have you know like your shiny. I think they just call them shinies that you pick up, which is your currency. Um, you have to collect 
Patrick socks. I don't know how many there are. I think there's either 50 or 100. And then there's also the golden spatulas that you collect, which is how you unlock each level. So it is a lot of collecting and figuring out how to get to certain areas. Um, but yeah, it, it's been fun. I, I can't say anything bad about it. You can tell the amount of work they put into it. So hats off to them for taking a game that, for whatever reason, I guess became a cult classic. I've seen so many people speedrunning the original, and maybe that's why they you know, had the desire to remaster it. But it's, it's done very well. So if you like SpongeBob, check it out. And then that's it for games for both of us. Yep. Uh, movies slash shows. Um, I only finished one. Okay. And I finished Fuller House. Yes. <laughs> I am a closet Fuller House watcher. You don't have to be uh, a closet. It's fine. Uh, I remember watching this show. Like, I think it was on Nick at Night or something like that. And I used to fall asleep to Nick at Night all the time. So I have retro retroactively you know during the time that that was playing on nick at night i've definitely watched the entire franchise (laughs) and this was the last season for fuller house Mm -hmm. and i enjoyed it this season felt a lot slower than most and these when netflix originally rebooted fuller house it played a lot on the you know the older aspects of the show um and and playing on a lot of the and playing on a lot of the heartstrings where you're bringing back all of the older you know all all three of the dads right coming back and being a big part of the story so it's this season wasn't my favorite but i did enjoy it and fuller house if you're looking for something to watch and i can't believe i'm saying this (laughs) if if you've got time to watch fuller house and it's something you would enjoy like watch it i i don't know how to explain myself here because if anybody should not be watching (laughs) fuller house i fit that archetype to not be watching fuller house yeah but i don't know something wholesome in all of this definitely uh feels right and i i enjoyed it i think full house the original i've probably seen that entire series at least 10 times the whole way through it was just such a huge part for me when when I was growing up, you had Full House, Boy Meets World, Family Matters. Those were like my big three. Oh, family um, Matters. I miss yeah. Family Matters. <laughs> so, but Full House for me was the top one. It was the one me and my sister just were always watching. So I was originally super pumped for Fuller House. I watched the first season. I haven't watched it since just because for me, it's not what I wanted. Um, you know, Everybody, when they first announced they were going to make it, was super pumped. And then when it came out, I was just kind of like, ah, we don't really need it, I guess. Um, but I'm glad that, you know, it's at least entertaining. For me, I would just rather watch the old ones, I guess. You could just go back and watch those because I have so many fond memories. But they did put a lot of time and effort and money into the Fuller House. So I'm glad that, you know, they got to fully realize however many seasons that was. Was it like four? Something like that? Yeah, it was four seasons. Yep. Yeah. So I'm surprised they didn't milk it for longer, actually. Yeah. When I heard it was the last season, I was kind of surprised. But with it, actually, there was five seasons. I'm looking at it now. There was five seasons. Okay. And with that, like getting to see, you know, the the three main girls, I guess, without the. uh, What? I'm trying to remember because it was it was Stephanie Tanner, DJ Tanner, mm-hmm. and Timmy. then 
Kimmy, Kimmy which Gibbler. I know is the main three of this series, but in the old series, Full House, it was the who was the little what was the little girl? Michelle. Name? Michelle, yeah. Yep. And getting to see these, you know, the new big three kind of, you know, raise kids, mm-hmm. you know, get married and go into a family does feel really wholesome in a way that, you know, a lot of shows don't get. But right. the, uh, you know, DJ plays the character of an overprotective mom. You know, Stephanie is the cool mom that drinks and is a rock star. <laughs> and Kimmy, I feel like the genius is with Kimmy because I hated her in Full House because she was always <laughs> the weird, awkward one. Yep. And maybe now I get Kimmy's character more watching Fuller House because <laughs> uh, I, I guess she makes she makes sense to me now. And her, uh, her, her entire thing was just a lot of fun. And her husband Fernando, like, yes, I, I love Fernando <laughs> all the time. Fernando everywhere. Yeah. Also from the original show. Yeah, Kimmy was. I just think. She was the one that everybody, you know, you hated her when she, she, because she was so annoying, but deep down everybody loved her. So I'm glad that she got more screen time because she deserves it. Um, so I finished upload. I know we had talked a little bit about that last week and yeah. I can't stress enough how much I enjoy this show. And I think everybody should watch it. Uh, it's on Amazon prime. Only 10 episodes there, so you can get through it pretty quick. They're half-hour episodes, so that's only six hours. Um, it was For me, it was fantastic. Like The jokes were funny. The story was um, kept me you know, engaged the whole time, left on a big cliffhanger, and which kind of makes me upset because who knows when they'll make another season because everything's kind of on hold right now. Um, so hopefully it's soon. But, man, I can't recommend that show enough. It's fantastic. It just came out of nowhere for me. I, you know, it's one of those things that if you watch something on Amazon Prime, they're very good about putting a trailer for something before you watch it. And that's how I first saw upload. And I was like, oh, I'll check that out. And just just hooked. So, again, everybody check that out. Did you watch anything else? So and I know we're not an anime podcast, so I'm not going to talk a lot about it. We're about to be, though. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that to you. Um <laughs> Tower of God is okay. an anime that was on a webtoon, and it's not an anime. It was a manhwa, but I'm not going to get into the specifics of that here. What was that? Um, I don't yeah, know what that means. <laughs> uh, manhwa is a Korean-based anime. It okay. Is, it's not anime, but it's called manhwa. Interesting. Uh, but I, I guess there's your new fact for the day. Yeah, I learned something. Um, Crunchyroll bought the rights to make a season of that, and the se- this season is all based on the first chapter. And the premise of the show is that there is this, you know, you live in the real world, and there is this, you can get selected to ca- climb this tower of God, where if you reach the tower, you practically become a god, and you can, you know, make the world whatever you want. You Like, your wishes come true. And... We follow these two characters that be, become slowly a larger cast. Bomb and Rachel are the two that you kind of follow. Mm-hmm. And I can't recommend if if you like anime, Tower of God is such a fun series, and it's I would absolutely recommend it. It's if you like anime, it's something you watch. And like I said, I don't want to get too much into it on this podcast, <laughs> but um, anime for me, you know sometimes it can grab you and then like it's one of those things where for a lot of people 
you know, it's it's reminds me of old cartoons when I used to watch Toonami on Cartoon Network, and I would be coming every week to watch the new episode, and every Wednesday I was watching this new episode of Tower of God. It's it's a lot of fun. The action is fun, and the characters are even more uh, like interesting than most anime. Okay, sounds interesting enough. I'm not going to lie and say that I'll watch it. I'll just say that it sounds interesting. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I watched one movie this week, and I just watched it today. Uh, My Spy, which is also on Amazon Prime, but this was supposed to be in theaters a, a while ago, I think. Uh, Dave Bautista, who you know as Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. um, is a CIA agent who gets assigned to watch a family of, you know, a mom and her younger daughter. I think she's nine. Um, and the daughter finds out that they're CIA and kind of blackmails him into teaching her how to become a CIA agent. Um, kind of gives me, remember the pacifier? Yeah. Vin Diesel? Yeah. It gave me that kind of vibe. Um, Dave Batista is great though. Like he's come a long way as far as his acting capabilities and, you know, this is him. They're heavily relying on him to carry this movie. There's other people in this movie, but he is the main focus. And I think he did a pretty good job here. It's not anything that's, you know, super fantastic, but it had some moments that had me, you know, laugh a little bit. And the story was was capable enough for me. So, again, it was a movie that I remember seeing a trailer for a while ago and being like, I don't think I'll probably see that in theaters, but I'll definitely check it out at some point. And. You know, I was happily surprised. I think if I would have seen it in theaters, probably with my kid, it would have been fine. Um, but seeing it from home is always better. And I think that's just the way it's going to be for a while anyway. So it's another one. If you have Amazon Prime, definitely check it out. If you don't, I don't think you need to spend the 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever to rent it. I think you can wait. But it, it's good to see him get better. He's He, you know, when he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it kind of surprised everybody how well of he did acting wise and this is just kind of like the next step for him so i wouldn't be surprised if we see him in some bigger roles you know in the future yeah it's it's good for him yeah. uh, especially considering that some people try to make the or wwe wrestlers try to make the jump to acting yeah. afterward and some of them it doesn't go that well or they're only doing like independent wwe network films right it's nice to see you know dave batista who's put a lot of work and trying to be a better actor. And it's nice to see that he's getting a lot of his chances. Right. In a lot of movies now, a lot of them, a lot of the wrestlers try not very many make it. I think if you look at it, like the rock is the pinnacle, right? Like he's yeah. the best one. Um, Dave Batista's is up there. I would you know, John Cena has done quite a bit, but I wouldn't say he's a great actor. He's okay. He did all right in Bumblebee. Um, yeah. So he's getting there. There's some other ones, you know, that have tried that have not gone well. Um, there's some some of them have gone into TV, so it is good to see them make that transformation, because let's be honest, for the most part, if you're watching wrestling, most of the acting they do on the actual wrestling shows aren't that great. <laughs> so you can tell that Dave Batista and The Rock put a lot of time in with acting coaches. Yeah. And, and it shows. So John Cena is on his way, but I think he's got some more work to do before we see him you know, single-handedly carrying movies. His Playing With Fire, I watched that one, and it was okay, but he's just not there yet, like a, The Rock or Dave Bautista. Or... Yeah. yeah, well, uh, before we... That was it for you, right? Yeah, that was it. 
So before we end the podcast, I just want to, and I'm going off script now, so sorry if Uh-oh. I'm stuttering over myself, but I'm going back to gaming here. Okay. I For the next episode, Craig, I want you to watch, and if you haven't already heard of it, watch the Deadly Premonition 2 gameplay trailer that okay. came out last week. Uh, <laughs> the only reason I'm telling you to is because this this if anybody of you have heard of the deadly premonition game mm-hmm. there's a ve- there's a very much a cult following to it and the original was not good at all and when i heard that the second one was coming out on switch yep i was really surprised and then they released a gameplay trailer of this and oh my god <laughs> yeah, I'll, is, I'll definitely have to check it out yeah this is definitely something uh I want us to react to because <laughs> this trailer does not abide by the rules uh, or the gameplay does not abide by the rules of standard gameplay that we see today. Mm-hmm. And I know it's running on a switch, but Oh my God, does it run badly? <laughs> uh, now so. the, did you play, do you ever play the original? No, but I've okay. watched playthroughs. So I do yeah. know the focus of the game. So like I've, the original, I kind of have a soft spot for the original. I mean, the game is terrible. I'm not going to fool anybody into, you know, telling them it's a good game. But it did a lot of cool things back in the day, right? Like pretending like it was deleting your save game, um, inverting the controls on you, acting like the picture went out on your TV. It did a lot of cool stuff. So at the time, it was kind of revolutionary. And I think that's why it kind of hung around as kind of a cult classic. Because the gameplay was terrible. The controls were awful. The story was way out there and made no sense. So I've been kind of eagerly awaiting this second one. So now I'm excited to watch the trailer. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm totally yeah. going to play it. I don't even care. Yeah, this, this <laughs> gameplay trailer, I was watching it with someone who had never, who did not know what Deadly Premonition was. <laughs> yeah. And both of us were just laughing and our, like, our jaws dropped to the floor with how out there this. <laughs> then they did their job correctly. Things yeah <laughs> oh man i'm excited for that game so much <laughs> perfect so look forward to the next podcast or we might even do if possible maybe else maybe i'll do a video version and i'll try to get it somewhere on our twitch or something like that okay uh, maybe we maybe you and i can get together and do a live reaction to it on uh on twitch okay like we did for the playstation conference it'd be a lot shorter but it'd be funny nonetheless <laughs> all right but with that, that will be the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, to listening and for all the continued support to this. If you are interested in follow us, following us on any of our various social media platforms, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We are on a lot of podcast services. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Bullhorn I've never heard of. We're on like other we're on other podcast platforms, which is nothing I did, but it's there. <laughs> cool. cool. Cool, I guess. <laughs> but my name's Barry, and thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. See you later.